Hello, and welcome to Two Girls and One Corpse. I'm your host, Sarah Willard. And I'm Ashley. And we're here to take you on a spine-chilling journey. Two Girls and One Corpse is a deep dive into the disturbing and sometimes terrifying truth and myths of our world. Join us each week, Friday, for a new episode covering a true crime, lore origin, or ghost story. So, want to get freaked out? In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the exorcisms of Annalise Michelle. This is a rough one, so please listen with caution. Warning, this episode will con- uh, contain uh, talks of death and psychiatric care, um, mental illnesses. So if any of those topics are going to be triggering to you, please listen with caution. And Sarah, do you want to take it away with um, telling us a little bit more about Annalise? Yes, yes. So th- this is a rough rough story in my opinion um this this woman's life was was rough was hard um (laughs) i guess i'll just i I wrote a script so i guess i'll just kind of go off of that and then i don't know we'll go off on tangents probably throughout um but okay definitely do our 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 thing we're like you know you'll talk a little bit i'll probably say some dumb shit and we'll Dude, I guess that's the charm of our podcast. (laughs) Feel free to interrupt me. It'll be great. Um, Okay, so Annalise Michelle was born in West Germany um, on September 21st, 1952. And she was raised in a Catholic family that was very religious. When she was 16, she suffered a severe convulsion and was diagnosed with schizophrenia temporal lobe epilepsy, which I don't even know if that exists anymore, to be perfectly honest. I, I've never heard schizophrenia? of schizophrenia. Well, like not tem- the temporal, temporal lobe epilepsy, because I feel like back in the day, like mental illness and then physical ailments can some could sometimes like get swirled together. So like, who knows if maybe she was just epileptic, but instead they were like, oh, her brain, like, like I don't know, like I don't I know. I think they did. Didn't they do studies for epilep- epilepsy and? She turned out not to be epileptic. We will get. Or am I getting ahead of myself? Yeah, I feel like I was getting ahead of myself. I know they put her on a lot of like they did put her on anti seizure drugs and and other medication. Um, so I guess it, it kind of seems like a bit of both. Like they tried the the physical and they tried the mental. I don't know. I wanted to research, but unfortunately, I didn't get to that. Um, on like. German, like, that that time period, like, their, because views, like, I was thinking, like, oh, in America, but I was, like, I can't frame my reference in America, but, like, at that time, we, we were, like, shit with our mental health, um, and honestly, in our physical health, too, um, well, wasn't this around the time of, like, lobotomies, like, weren't lobotomies mm-hmm. thing during this time, which, like, I will never understand why anybody would think, like, hey, you know, you're going through this thing. And so the solution to that is putting a hole in your in your head and, like, making you a zombie, a la yep. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um. I mean, that was what he was doing. He was lobotomizing people to try and, like, make them, you know, his little sex zombies. But anyway, so- this, 
this is not about him. <laughs> I was just talking about lobotomies in general. Um, yeah, I just don't know in, in Germany what, like, what their, how they approached mental illness and how they approached, like, treat different treatments. Um, it doesn't mention that she was lobotomized. Obvi I mean, obviously, I think that would have been mentioned. Um, but it, it doesn't, I don't know, it seems like her doctors, well, were kind of good and bad, I guess. I don't know, it seemed like they tried a lot of things and they were trying to be helpful, but then nothing really went well for her, so no, maybe they weren't that great. Really so, yeah, like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what I'm trying to get at there. Um, but I don't know, I was just curious. Really this lady just had a really shit time for a um, long time. Oh, God, yeah. Um, okay, well, I guess I'll keep reading. Um, so in 1973, she started attending the Uni University of Würzburg, and then once she was there, her classmates described her as withdrawn and religious. So I guess that's kind of, like, the starting point of, like, her personality, I would say, um, on, like, how people interpreted her. Um, I wonder how much of her, like her mental illness was like a result of religious trauma it could be she seemed to come from a really strict home um and i guess she grew up with sisters and and her parents just up she, it says that she went to church like i think twice a week and i'm sure at home they probably like also did like religious stuff so it was definitely, like, a huge part of her life, and I don't, she, she seemed, I don't know, it's, because later in the story, religion seems kind of, like, a problem for her, um, but I don't know how she felt about, like, growing up in that. I didn't uh, see anything on her opinion on religious, um, stuff, pre-demonic position, I'm using air quotes, because we're gonna get into that, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like whenever there's a story and the person is described as like super religious, I and I mean, obviously I and I know these people, so I'm just kind of talking out of my ass, but I always feel like some sort of religious trauma always like plays a role in these kind of stories and it's I, I don't know. I feel like some demonic position possessions could be true. Hashtag demons who are listening to me, leave me alone. Um, but but at the same time, I feel like when we're talking about demonic possession, a lot of like the outcome seems to be just like there's so much religious trauma, and so like now I am convinced that this thing is happening to me instead of like whatever mental illness, just because you know, 10 priests saw me and they were all like, hey, you know, Satan is living inside of you. And so now you're like, well, shit, must be, you know? Yeah. I think with this case, that's what I'm leaning towards, but. Have you um... heard the recordings from her exorcisms? Oh my god, I didn't. I don't want to listen to them tonight. I, I don't even think I wanted to listen to them when I write, was writing this, but I did, um, I was like, I had saw the, like, links to that. Um, it's weird. I have listened to a couple of them, and it's, it's 
freaky, but like at the same time, I'm like, again, how much of this was just mental illness and her, you know, just like, like falling victim to, you know, someone like people are telling you you're possessed. And so now you're like, I'm Hitler and a thousand other people. Cause she did claim that like, at one point in one of the recordings, she does claim that I think it's like Hitler is in there or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, eh. I don't know. I don't think Hitler is just hanging out in, <laughs> in random people. Oh my god. I, I, well, that's kind of funny. I'm just gonna say it's kind of funny. Um, it's not funny that she went through that. It's, it's not funny, but like at the same time, if you think about it, I don't think Hitler is, you know coming back from wherever the fuck he is in the afterlife and going, you know what? Sarah Hirsch, that's who I'm going to hang out in today. Yeah, it seems like just kind of like pick the evil people and there you go. That's your list to read off. Um, But, you know, I digress. I don't know. I wasn't there. But, uh, yeah. Um, Okay, well. Um, so in 1970, she had her third seizure episode, resulting in her being prescribed anti-convulsion drugs for the first time. Um, nothing seemed to help, though, and she described seeing devil faces, hearing voices telling her she was damned, and would rot in hell. And so after five years of drugs, she became increasingly frustrated with her treatment and the ineffectiveness of it. So, um... There was the anti-convulsion drugs. They also tried, like, mental illness, like... Oh, what was the... There was one... Uh, yeah, a mood stabilizer. Um, just quite a few drugs. And she, well, I'm kind of jumping ahead if I say that. I don't know. She eventually decides to, like, nix all medical care and just go with the church. Um, I don't know how smart that decision was, but, um, well, yeah, she, if, if she was schizophrenic to begin with, imagine just like saying like, fuck all these meds and then I'm going to go to the priests and now your schizophrenia is mi- mixing with this like, this like narrative that you're getting from, you know, the church saying like, hey, you are, you are the demon <laughs> and your schizophrenic is shit and not on medication. Like, yeah, probably wasn't and- the best idea. <laughs> And who knows if her, like, family, like, I don't want to say anything bad about anyone because I don't know them, but, like, you know, I don't know. Like, some people don't believe in certain medications. Some people don't believe in mental illness, like, therapy and stuff like that. And, like, so if your family's telling you, you know, well, this isn't working, so, like, why don't you just try doing, you know, this? Or, like, like I'm going to go on in this next next paragraph to talk about um, her going on a trip with a friend of hers, and her friend is kind of, like, the one who was, like, I think you might be possessed by a demon. So, like, you have people in your life telling you, you know, <laughs> that you're, you're, you probably don't have anything wrong with you. You're just possessed. Like, I don't, like, what would you, when you're religious and you believe these things and you believe they're real, like, where would you go? Yeah. You're going to be like, well, this isn't working. It hasn't worked for five years. So... Maybe this, you know, and then you just turn to the next thing and, and hope it works. Well, and the, like, the worst part about everything is, too, that 
if she was on mood stabilizers and she's on schizophrenia medication, all of those things have an effect. Like when you quit cold turkey, like all of those things have an effect on your your mental stability. And and so she's in a vulnerable place post like quitting her medication on top of like being surrounded by people who are like, hey, you're a demon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's not exactly in the best environment. I mean, like, coming from someone who, like, has been on medication, right, for depression and anxiety. I know, like, whenever I quit cold turkey because I have a had bad habit of, like, you know, my medication's working really well. And then I'll go, hey, I'm cured. And I stop my medication cold turkey. And then I'm like, my life is falling apart. Yeah, like, I probably would be convinced that I'm a demon too if like I quit my medication cold turkey and I had like my family members and my friends going hey you know Hitler's living inside of you (laughs) I'd be like shit yeah Hitler is living inside of me you know yeah so I don't think she was exactly in the best environment for her like her like mental stability I agree Um, so this is the the next paragraph is a story about the trip I was telling you about. Um, so she took a trip to San Damiano. I don't know where that is, honestly, actually, I, maybe I should just look that up because I don't know anything about that. Oh, it's in, it's in California. I don't think that's right. Is that right? No. I think it's in, where the, oh, okay, it's St. Francis, Mm, where is it, where are you, okay, Assisi, Italy, Mm -hmm. okay, so now we have a frame of reference, because I was like, there's no way it's in California, um, (laughs) And at least Michelle and all her demons chilling <laughs> in Hollywood. Just taking pictures of the Hollywood side. <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> this is exactly what you can't take me anywhere. <laughs> well, so she goes to Italy and anyway. they go to this shrine for for I'm assuming whatever someone they they go to a shrine and she can't enter the building and she was talking about like how she felt like she was burning and like her friend says that like she couldn't drink from the holy spring and she couldn't stare at the images like there was a picture or like a stained glass window and she couldn't look at it um this is all like i don't know i wish we had like annalise's own words because I'm very curious, like, if she would have said the same thing or not, also, I don't, she might have. Everything is, like, super subjective, right? Like, we're taking mm-hmm. the words of someone who, like, had no other witnesses aside from the person themselves. Like, mm-hmm. maybe the fucking sun was shining against through the stained glass window and that's why she couldn't look at it. Or, like, you know, what was the other thing? Like, she couldn't drink out of the holy water fountain mm-hmm. or something? Like... You know, maybe she was worried about, I don't know, contamination or something. Like, you don't know what's going through somebody's head. And, like, we're talking about somebody who was already like, hey, 
you are, you know, possessed or whatever. So obviously they're going to like say shit to corroborate like that theory. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I trust that. Yeah, especially because it's it was it's it was a singular person who was account you know, so it's like mm, was it and who knows, maybe like this is a close family friend. I didn't I don't know who this person is that she went with. Um but if if they were already aware of things, like maybe this just solidified it for them. Because then when she comes back so her family and her community specifically said, like, so I'm assuming, like, church community or, I don't know, just maybe the local people in her area. Um, but they convinced her that she was possessed, and they said that she needs to have an exorcism. But, interestingly enough, most of the priests in the area refused to help and suggested that, that she should continue her medical treatment. So I found that very interesting, that even priests... Who, like, at that time, I thought would probably be gung-ho for exorcism. Because, like, I don't know, at least in, like, the movies and stuff, it just seems like everyone's always, like, just just get an exorcism. Or, like, let's do it, you know? Uh, so it seems like they were, like, you know, easily available. I You still have to get permission to get an exorcism. But, obviously, because that's why the priests were like, nope, not gonna, not gonna do it. Um, you need approval from a bishop to get an exorcism. Um, and there are certain qualifications that are very specific that you have to, like, kind of check off to warrant that approval. So one of them is um, disdain for religious artifacts. And then another one is supernatural powers. And I'm sure there's more uh, qualifications, but those are, like, the two big ones that would grant you permission from a bishop. Um, okay. So, oh, God. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to keep reading, so go, please, go for it. No, because you haven't mentioned the thing that I want to comment on, so I'm, I don't want to, like, jump ahead of myself. So, go ahead. Okay. So, Michelle, oh, uh, I'll just read this paragraph. Okay. Michelle Worsen physically and displayed aggression, injured herself, drank her own urine, and ate insects. Um, in November 1973, Michelle began treatment with Tegretol, which was an anti-seizure drug and a mood stabilizer. She was prescribed antipsychotic drugs during the course of the religious rites and consumed... Oh, I skipped ahead. <laughs> or I wrote this paragraph, like, kind of skipping ahead. Oh, no. Over the course of religious rites... Well, I don't know where I was writing things. So this seems, sorry, this paragraph um, that I wrote. <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of, so it says over the course of religious rites and consume them frequently until the time of her death. So this was, so she, I guess, continued medical treatment at the same time as the exorcisms. Um, but I kind of like, I don't know why I put, did this paragraph before the other paragraph. Um, cause I was going to say that she got approval to, to have the pair, but that's fine. So I was, so she had the exorcisms and yeah. Would you like to add anything at this point? Yeah. So, okay. So we know that I don't, I don't think you've mentioned this, but we know that she had 67 exorcisms, right? Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. seems a little excessive to me personally. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like. Most of the time, 
I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know the first thing about exercising a demon. But, like, it seems, at least for movies, that exorcism, usually it's a one-and-done type deal. If you've gotten 67 exorcisms and you're mentally unstable, like, it kind of seems like overkill. And it makes me question, too, like, were these exorcisms sanctioned by the church? Because, as you said, there needs to be approval for an exorcism to even be performed. And as twisted and, like, and fucked up as a church can be, I don't think the church is approving 67 exorcism exorcisms on one person. And I could be wrong. Maybe they are. But... It, it again, it seems excessive to me, and I feel like, like there's something more going on there. I mean, there's a lot of negligence for her health, um, where like, where I think doctors should have taken more of a stand on her treatment and on her maybe being institutionalized and and watched I, I feel like there was a failure or a break in the system um because i i genuinely don't feel that someone who is in an unstable mental situation should be allowed to go through again this, this these like religiously traumatic events like back to back to back yeah, no. The uh so they were told of 67 exorcisms. They did them one or two each week, lasting up to 4 hours each. And they were performed over 10 months. Um so that's a that's a lot on a person. And it was approved. It was approved by the church. It was approved by Bishop Joseph Songel. I'm sorry if I am not pronouncing that right. I don't speak German. Um but I feel uh, like he should have his bishop license taken. Our bishop's license, like I don't know, his God, whatever, however the fuck that works. Like I just, I feel like mm -hmm. if you are approving sixty-seven exorcisms two times a week for four hours on a girl who, like, first and foremost, is sick, is is mentally unwell, you should not be licensed to be a bishop. However that works, if your license comes from God or whoever the fuck it comes from. But you should not be, you should not be in a position of power to, like, approve something like this to happen. Because that just seems like grossly negligent behavior. Yeah, no, he literally washed his hands of everything because after, so like, I'll jump ahead a little bit again. He, uh, so there's a trial eventually against the parents of Annalise and then the two priests that performed the exorcisms. And the bishop, when all this came out, he was kind of just like, oh, well, I didn't realize she had, like, mental and physical issues. Um, so I just, you know, I just signed off on it. But whoops, I guess that, you know, I guess it was... Like, That's probably not warranted. Bullshit. And then basically it was just like, nope, not... Oh, well. Too bad. That's such bullshit, though. Because, mm -hmm. like, we're talking about, like... Even if she had been mentally well, or mentally in... Like, physically in, in, in the best... 
medical condition. Like, don't, you shouldn't just be approved. No matter what state that person is, I feel like further evaluation should go into making the decision to approve an exorcism. Like, you just went, okay, yeah, that, yep, sure. That sounds like, sounds like a plan. Go ahead. And just didn't, didn't think twice about the repercussions or, like, how this would, like, affect this person's whole life. I mean, she ended up fucking, you know, resigning from this world. Yes, she did pass away after all of this. Um, She passed away, uh, I believe, in 1976. No, I'm sorry, 1975. On July 1st, 1975, she passed away in her home. Um, the autopsy stated that the cause of death was malnutrition and dehydration resulting from a year in a state of near starvation. Um, so she really didn't eat much, which like makes sense. Cause like, my God, like who would have the energy to do anything after going through that? But like, again, it's just like, again, grossly. This is, yeah. This is like the the point where it's like, and this is everybody's gross negligence because mm-hmm. once one the parents should have like you're her next of kin so you should have had the balls to like say like hey my child is unwell and like no matter what you believe like maybe you, you do believe your kid is fucking satan but like you know at least have the the i don't know the right like mindset to say like yeah my kid is maybe satan but they should also be on an iv like take the fucking priest to the hospital or something and like make Mm -hmm. sure that your child is getting the proper medical care yeah they uh so there was a trial as i mentioned earlier and they were actually sentenced uh to jail time and they had to cover the legal fees that that trial um collected um but the jail time was really short so that was kind of unfortunate in my opinion because it was definitely their fault it was everyone who was i'm surprised the bishop didn't get into this though it was just her parents and then the two priests um how the i i mean i'm assuming because the catholic church probably paid them off to uh or something along those lines because that would make sense to me um but he really should have been like taken out of the order because if if he didn't approve it it wouldn't have happened sorry one second i heard i hear something but i don't know what the hell it is I'm gonna ignore that. I don't know what the fuck that was. It's not Doom. Um, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, he de- He definitely should have been. Should have been kicked out. 
Sorry, I hear like something like moving around, but it's not doing because he's like knocked out. Maybe it's Jack. I don't know. I am just freaked out. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least uh, they paid a little bit. At least the they were they did have jail time. Um, so someone got punished. But just, it felt very unsatisfying. I mean, it definitely wasn't, like, the type of justice that maybe she should have received um, after being put through what she went through. I think that, I think that she deserved more. And I, I'm sure that somebody out there probably believes in in possessions and stuff and it's not to discount that like maybe she was possessed i don't know i'm not like i'm not opposed to the idea of possession i'm sure you know maybe it does exist somewhere out there very very far away from me but um but at the same time i feel like again the proper medical steps should have been taken to make sure that she was okay like even if you want to bring a priest into into the fucking hospital, like you could have done that and still make make sure that she was, you know, on IV and receiving fluids and receiving the right nutrients and shit to to make sure that she had some sort of shot at like a life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I really do feel like. The whole, her whole story, and I mean, look, our listeners can, you know, obviously there are, there are plenty of stories out there, um, with a lot of detail about what happened to her, um, but, I lost my train of thought. I just, I feel like she, yeah, she just wasn't given the justice that she deserved, and I feel like a lot of the time the way that her story is told, like, you know, people do still try and, like, push the narrative of, like, she was probably possessed, and, you know, like I said, I've listened to the recording, it's definitely freaky, but, you know, she might have been possessed, but she was also, like, mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, it's hilarious, too, because one of the lines that really caught my eye was that they claimed that she was freed of demonic possession before she died. No, so they, she was just freed of life. <laughs> no, no, they stuck to the very end. We're like, yep, totally. We 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 freed her. She was good, but she still passed away. No, and that it was took sixty seven mm-hmm. times for her soul to be freed, and then and then she just gave up and moved on into the other life. Yeah, I call bullshit, but you know, that's just yeah, my opinion. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty of other stories like that that we haven't even haven't even heard about. But mm-hmm. like, you know, this person not having received the proper care, and again, it's, I I think so much of it has to do with like mental illness has always been this like huge taboo, and like people don't want to talk about it, and then you know, there's there's never access to the right kind of care. Um, 
you know, if anybody out there is like, I think my cousin's possessed, like, maybe first let's talk about mental illness before trying to get the Vatican to approve 67 fucking exorcisms, because that's just insane. Like, mm-hmm. people are just, sometimes people are just mentally unstable and need professional assistance that doesn't come from priests. I agree. I agree. Get the help you need. I, you know, it's it's tough at first, but I think it's a good avenue to start with. And hopefully that'll help. I mean, it sucks. It sucks that, like, above all, like, above all, it sucks that there was a life that was lost because, you know, there wasn't the right type of help available and, you know, a life was lost because her parents weren't, um, weren't, like, on top of it enough to, to realize that the type of help that she needed was maybe not a Jesuit. Sucks. Sucks to be demons. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, there's, I don't have much else to say aside from, like, you know, talk to professionals and, like, not priest professionals, but, like, actual mental health professionals and, and really get the right help. Yeah, I think that's the important, I mean, that and, and maybe don't always believe the people around you. If you want a second, third, fourth opinion, you know, go to professionals, go seek out maybe an opinion from someone who's like not in the midst of it, you know, maybe go to a friend who's, you know, maybe isn't religious and be like, what do you think about the situation? Um, Because I think being cloistered in a community and then also you know, having issues with it, maybe because like she had providers, she had medical care and they weren't helping either. So when you when one thing doesn't work, then you're going to turn to something else. So maybe get a third opinion from another doctor and be like, well, this isn't working. Can you help me? But this was a this was a low one. This was was not the happiest of stories, Um, but I hope that we can all learn a lesson from it and hopefully not let it happen again. I will say the Catholic Church became more stringent on exorcisms after this happened. Um, And in 1999, Pope John Paul II um, really pulled the the strings in tight on this um, subject um, and put out a bunch of like other, like more stringent qualifications for exorcisms. So they, and especially in Germany, the amount of exorcisms that were being performed significantly reduced um, because of this. So at least people listened. They realized, like, this is not, we can't let this happen again. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess at least a good thing came out of it, but it sucks that that that's how, Mm -hmm. how, you know, that decision was made. Like, somebody had to lose their life before, you know, eyes were opened to, the dangers of like, you know, approving shit like this without thinking about the consequences or without thinking about, you know, 
what other avenues of care are available. Now I'm sad and freaked out. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird feeling, those, those yeah. two emotions. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely glad we didn't listen to the to the recordings, though, because I think I would be even more fr- freaked out if I had listened to the recording. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Not tonight. Maybe one day I will I will sneak a peek at them. I read the tra- like some of the transcripts and I was like, mm, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. If the listeners out there do want to check it out, though, I think they are available online. Um, like if you just search up her name and um, and like the voice recordings or whatever, I'm sure you'd be able to find it. If you do want to listen, um, there's also a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode um, about her life where they do play the recordings as well. And of course, Shane cracks some good jokes. Um <laughs> unfortunate about someone's unfortunate demise but still um yeah so the stuff is out there um but don't listen to them at night especially if you are easily freaked out well i think have we reached the end of your the end of our story yes yes that's it that's all she wrote so (laughs) i hope you enjoyed it i hope you got a little freaked out. Oh my god, I kind of just stole that from you. You'll say it at the end again. I didn't it's mean okay. to. That was totally <laughs> like. <laughs> I just said it as like. It's, it's alright. It's alright. Oh my you god. Trolls for a second. <laughs> it's alright. Um, but yeah, just uh, so follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're um, two girls one corpse on Instagram, and then two girls one corpse c o r p on Twitter. Um, you can send us submissions. We're always looking for more ghost stories to tell on on our podcast. So please submit via our website, or you can submit to two girls one corpse at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we hope you got freaked out. And <laughs> I said it one last time. That's okay. Uh, tune in next week for another episode. I am. Not sure what we're recording next week, but hopefully it will also be fun. Um, It may be a little less depressing than mental illness. (laughs) But uh, yeah, come get freaked out. Tell your friends about us. And we hope you have a good night or day, depending on when you're listening. Goodbye.